Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. It is time to continue the process. What up, y'all? Welcome back. I am super excited to talk football. I've been grinding my gears to get at it. There's so much stuff to talk about this week, but what is up? Um, Hopefully you had a great week. Man, DFS was so close last week. It was nip and tuck, nip and tuck, but you had to have the Washington defense or Dallas, basically. So... Didn't work out that way for us, as obviously you know, but we're going to bounce back this week and talk about why that wasn't such a big loss or a big beat after all. But glad you guys are along for the ride. If you are a first-time listener, welcome, welcome. We love first-time offenders. Get yourself in the slammer with us here. Um, no, seriously, welcome to the show. It's all about fantasy football knowledge, getting you guys ready. Follow the process. We get That's the whole concept of this show, guys, is... We want to win, we get so excited, and then we make a dumb move. We need to follow the process. The process starts at the beginning of the season, but it's okay if you just joined in today. We we have valuable tips each week. We will make you sound like you know what the hell you're talking about. Whether you want to know what you're talking about or you just want to know, think, have people think that. We got you covered here, baby. There's a whole lot of action, and we're going to do it with all our favorite segments, just like we do every week, guys. We obviously have a top five countdown that we're going to get to this week. Uh, got a little housekeeping for you. Would you rather? All of it. I'm not going to hold back. Why would I do that? And then, you know, DFS reload the goods. So we'll get it all in. Before we do for the newbies, though, let's make. Oh, let me. I forget to thank the uh, repeat offenders. I always thank you guys. You know, I love it. Love it. We're just we're in here together. Don't leave the cell without me. We're in here together. Anyways, let's cue the new people in on. Where they can find us. Couple of easy ways. www.tigerbombsae.com. That is where you can go to listen to the show. You can see our, you can click on our process page, get a lot of information. It's a very nice opportunity to see the other podcast that Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment provides. They also have other pages. So you'll get to peruse the site and check out everything. But if you're a podcast on the go person, you got it in the app, man. Any way you listen to your podcast, you can catch this too. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, however you're listening now. Like and subscribe. Then you'll get that notification when we've got this new episode for you. Get this info to you. Get it to you like hotcakes. Um, also, we can connect over social media. Let's do that too, right? Uh, Facebook or Twitter, very easy to find us. Same way, at the process, TBSAE. Twitter, very easy to get. Last minute questions, start them, sit them, stuff like that. Happy to help out there. That is the goods. That's how you find us, guys. So now we can all stick together. But more importantly, let's get down to all the nuances of this week as we really grind down the end of the season and just keep on winning, right? So let's jump right into it. But before we do, maybe I'll let you know what the top five is. How about we do that? I thought we would go off the bean path today. Let's talk some music, man. So... I have all these uh, very different musical tastes, and I surprise a lot of people when we start getting into what I like and who I like, and so uh, we'll add some depth to character today, whether you want it or not, and we're going to talk about the top five music bands or artists that I love that may surprise you guys, and so we'll kick off housekeeping, uh, our you guys' favorite segment, with number five.
housekeeping. Me fluff pillow. Me fix your team. Couple of things to get to for week 15 here to clean our house. But first, number five on our my top five music bands of artists that I love that may surprise you list. It's gonna be a fun list this week. Um, number five on this list is gonna be the one and only Rick James. Rick James is a phenomenal performer. You may be more familiar with him from the Dave Chappelle sketches, um, but not just comic material as it was, folks. In the 80s, he was a smash artist, and obviously he had a lot of pop hits and stuff, and a lot of those fun songs, and a lot of those like crazy drugged out songs, of course. But um, he also had a, like a good voice. I remember the first time I heard uh, a joint with him and Tina Marie called Fire and Desire. I thought it was like this classically trained, like amazing singer. I heard the depth and the volume of his voice going back and forth with the woman on the song. And I'm like, you know, mom, who is that? Jesus, that's Rick James. I was blown away. I'm like, nah, not the same, not the same dude. The same, the very same, very talented guy. Uh, found a niche in that, that, that pop era, if you will, but had a full range that not a lot of people know about. So that's number five on my list there. Um, the other ones would be a bit more surprising than that one, but um, it's Rick James. It's number five, y'all. So let's get on to some housekeeping. Let's clean house for week 15 so we can get into all the action that we have for this week. The action. I feel like I said that like 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 uh, Trump or even like uh, Baldwin who portrays Trump on SNL. The action. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'll stop. But uh, happy birthday to my friend. Hannah Van Huss, she's a wonderful uh, anchor on the ABC 7 News in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but she is just a delight. So the very first uh, order of business this week is happy birthday to Hannah. I hope you've enjoyed your day immensely. She's the sunshine, if you fools don't know it. So there we go. We've gotten that out of the way. Let's talk about some football stuff. So, you know, the thing about it, we I've mentioned this before in earlier episodes. And I've really backed off a lot lately, but it remains true that when we draft every year, we need to let people that chase quarterbacks early, let them do that. The composition of their team will pay for it at the end of the day. We need to be uh, ultimately very comfortable with sticking back, right? The fifth round, stuff like that, sixth round, get our value down there. 1.6 points is what separates QB 23 and fantasy points per game from QB 12 right now. 1.6 points. So what is the point in running up and wasting picks that you could be using at running back or wide receiver? That is the very first point I got to make this week. Year in a year out, and here's another one, year in and year out, it plays out this way. So you've got to buy into it and remember it next draft season. When the button comes around and Mahomes is right there in round three, what are you going to do? All right, now moving on to something else that I want to talk about. I've just got to grind some gears right here. The NFL has got to get it together. They've got to get it together. Watching these games is atrocious. If you want to see their action out of market, you got to pay a billion dollars out the butt. And the just the, the, the presentation sucks, man. It's like they are the least customer client friendly. It's like we got your money. Deal with it. Trying to watch football on this Saturday, I had no idea what channel these games are even on. 
I have cut the cord. I rely on apps and so I'm, is it here? Is it there? Is it there? So difficult uh, to find. And it's like I had mentioned to you guys before the Yahoo Fantasy app where you run your teams out of. You can watch the game there. So I click play to watch the button. It goes, oh, you can't watch the game because you're on your home Wi-Fi. You have to disable your Wi-Fi. Get it together, NFL. Why would I have to do any of this stuff to simply watch a game that you would want people to watch? NFL game, NFL Network isn't even part of the regular cable package anyway. So you all need to get your life together. Fans want to watch the games. Baseball is easy. I pay 25 bucks a month and I can watch all the baseball I want. You guys need to get your life together because football fans deserve a cheap way to, or not a cheap way, or a cheaper way, I should say, to enjoy out of, what if you're somebody like me where you've moved from wherever your team is, right? So football really, the way they have it set up is just so archaic. It's like you don't move or go anywhere. You live here forever. And that's not us, right? There, I'm living in a city where there are many different fans of many different teams and a lot of people can't see their team because they would go to a bar because they can't afford these packages so it's something and i am so for whatever the supreme court there was something earlier in the year where they got down into the legalese and saying you know they were bringing up the issue of whether what they were doing is unconstitutional i think or whether they had a monopoly or something like that or uh, the price was too egregious all of it check into all of it for sure check into all of it so um speaking of the announcers and the talking heads you know the weekly content this is the stuff that can't be trusted like you got to realize especially now people want to win you want to you know take down the championship and so you're desperate for good information the bubble heads are going to highlight their network games there there you have it right don't talk to me about somebody because that's their job right don't talk to me about somebody who said what so-and-so said his job is to highlight the games that his company pays for that are going to be on their network to highlight those players and those games to go off don't it's biased and so you could invest in it if you want to but you need to recognize it as what it is pff is not going to take a dump on a game that chris collinsworth is announcing for nbc because he's their boss he's stake in that company so these are the type of things that you guys need to realize or you can let these people make the picks for you if you want to. But DFS last week, anyways, look, you had to have those defenses. You had to have Washington and Dallas, basically. I felt so bad watching this stuff thinking, oh, like I just didn't bring it home. But it wasn't a bad beat. We're in the thick of things. Um, there's a lot of pro folks that were on the ba uh, bad end of things, too, for the very same reason. So we're just going to stick to the process. Uh, and that's the res and that's really the advice to you guys stick to the process whether it's season long or DFS don't shy away from it let's let's continue with what we know works we've had way more winning than not and so this is why we play the way that we do you supplement the losses easily so you absorb that and you keep going now final part of housekeeping is on the note of all that absorb that keep going and getting better baseball's coming I'm just gonna tell you guys if you now listen to the heart of order if you don't if you don't if you haven't listened to me before with the baseball stuff you got to get with it because i had great picks last year i was just in my stride just obviously when we had this short season right but it's coming back on us quickly and so we're going to be in a position to take baseball down this year we do fine with football it's been a bounce back year last year football was a little tougher in the dfs world but we want it back this year baseball we're coming we are coming baseball 
day in and day out, we have the process. And if you think that this works for football, you will be surprised. If you've ever thought about doing fantasy baseball, daily fantasy baseball, I understand season long, it drags on and nobody likes setting that lineup every day. But you could do daily. And if you want to do daily, have we got, like, I will definitely help you to understand who these teams are, who the winners are, and we're going to, and I promise you, I'll do a better, it's hard during the week, right? But I'll do a better job of getting a quick show out to you guys once we start this winning that's going to happen. Because I want to at least get the picks. I want to take the day, get all the information, make the picks to you guys so you can get on your way and win. But it's something that we're going to have to start doing much more frequently in terms of me getting that information to you so that you can uh, have some opportunity to win on these weekly slates because it just becomes too easy with our skill level to beat up these other players so that's our housekeeping for this week guys hopefully you have uh enjoyed it and our houses are nice and tidy and we're ready we're ready for week 15 Let's play a round of Would You Rather. All right, time for a little Would You Rather. And before we even get to Would You Rather, let's continue the countdown here. So top five music bands or artists that i love that may surprise you number five was rick james and moving right along number four may or may not have heard of is actually two groups revolution is one slightly stupid that's s-t-o-o-p-i-d is the other this is more like uh not really a jam band it's like almost reggae sounding but these are like white dudes basically like it's just very chill vibe like very uh rasta style just very upbeat a lot of you know those sort of tones and vibes talking about smoking i mean it's very very chill very chill stuff so may or may not realize may or may not know that may think it's weird if you were to hear that and be like oh you like that but i like the chill vibes and i think it's sort of i really got into it when i was still living in the midwest you know what i mean like those chilly gray dark summers i think it started out with this whole like wanting to have more like tropical minded music in my mind and it just like this stuff sounded like the caribbean it sounded like just sitting on the beach chilling smoking but it just became something that not only did I like, my friends picked up too. And, you know, even to this day, I'm still surprised by my friends that'll like be like, hey, I like this song. I don't know if you like this group. And it's like, I listen to them all the time. So if you haven't heard of it, this is good stuff. Revolution, slightly stupid. Check it out. It's chill vibes, man. So let's get on with the business, the business of week 14, 15, excuse me. So. Would you rather Terry McLaurin or DeAndre Swift? And uh, I think Swift's going to get middling numbers, but McLaurin, F1 McLaurin, he could have a signature McLaurin day. So we're going to go with him. Raheem Mostert or Deontay Johnson? I think, like I said, Deontay Johnson can bounce back, but Mostert should get the first and second down work. And just, you know, the run is the way to beat Dallas. So we'll say 
Mostert, but Johnson is not, I don't, you can't count him out. I know he's had some drops, but um, he'll get back on track. Moving on, James Conner or DJ Chark. Chark also had a rough go of it, but he should have a great week this week. Um, Conner, I think, is in a great spot, but the volume is just not there. These are two pitiful choices if you'd had to be playing them. Um, And it's like, which of the two would you go with? I mean, at this point, it's like, you know, may play Connor, I guess, but what a serious toss up. So for what it's worth, I'm going to play Chark. Uh, I know he hasn't been going off, but again, he's back with Minshew. There's some injuries um, that'll make things, I, I think, a little easier for the Jaguars as well. So um, it's a it's a toss up spot for sure, though. All right, moving on. Chase Edmonds or Russell Gage. Uh, if Edmonds plays, I like Gage. He's in the slot. It's a tough matchup against the Bucks, but he can be activated from the slot, so you can feel comfortable about him. Marvin Jones Jr. or Wayne Gallman. Uh, Gallman has his work cut out for him against the Browns, but as the signature runner, we will take him. Um, they are not that bad. He can be. He can get the job done. And Marvin Jones may or may not uh, have the services of Stafford, which could hurt his efforts. So Emmanuel Sanders or Kareem Hunt uh, with playing the Chiefs with Michael Thomas now out now on IR. Um, I would have said Hunt just yesterday because he's in a good spot too. the pass rushing. The pass catching back against the Giants usually does well. But now we have to switch and say Sanders because he is their number one option down the field, although Kamara will command those short targets so that's that and then Jarvis Landry or Jeff Wilson Jr. uh Bradbury he's injured so Jarvis Landry should have a much better day I would take him over Jeff Wilson who's probably just gonna see third down work and goal line work you're praying for a touchdown with him um and then Russell Gage or Gus Edwards now Gage is in a good spotlight we talked about but I think Gus Edwards has some serious upside this week obviously J.K. Dobbins has been seeing the lion's share of things in the in the um, in the plays that we want in the running game, but Gus Edwards not dead in the water of the two. I would be gambling on him this week. Now, uh, Leonard Fournette or Corey Davis. Fournette is going to see a lion's share of the, of the workload. Uh, even though the Falcons have been touch against, tough against the run, there's not going to be Rojo. So Fournette is in play. Corey Davis, I think, could have a good day. Against the Lions, I'm just really thinking that it's more of a, uh, it's got to be more of a Derrick Henry type day. So we'll say Fournette here. But Corey Davis is in a good spot too. Wouldn't be surprised if he went off. Uh, don't talk much about him in the reload segment, but it doesn't mean that he's not in a great spot, guys. Don't take that for what for, for that thought process. All right, next up is Kenyon Drake or Corey Davis. And so I will actually take Corey Davis over Kenyon Drake this week, who I think is well no, I'll take Drake still. He's got the he's getting the you know the the work where we where it counts the goal line and they've got to run the ball, so we'll take him. But again, Corey Davis is in a good spot. I don't want to have an overreaction to the fact that I think Drake is overrated. He's just in a good spot, so I'll say Drake. Um and then David Johnson, this is our final one. So David Johnson or Terry McLaurin. I would rather play, and David Johnson's got an easier path to victory now that the Forrest Buckner is probably not going to play, um, but it certainly hinges on that. If Buckner plays, then he's dead in the water. But anyways, of the two, McLaurin's more mature, more assured, and so you would play him. Guys, that's it. That's our Would You Rather segment for this week. Now you know who I would rather, and hopefully that's helped you decide who you would rather.
and now it's time for the process to reload. So, before we put the women and children in the bed and go looking for dinner, let's keep the countdown rolling. Top five music bands or artists that I love that may surprise you guys. Number three, actually, let's count it down. Let's keep doing that. Number five was Rick James. Number four was Revolution and Slightly Stupid. Number three, Rob Zombie. May surprise you guys. Rob Zombie, White Zombie, love it. Had a good friend of mine growing up, Daniel Crespo. Danny Boy introduced me and his brother Chris and their brother Ruben. My boys, my brothers, they introduced me to Rob Zombie. Spent a lot of time with these kids uh, on the north side of Chicago. I was just a skinny black kid from the south side of Chicago. I would go stay the weekends up with these kids. These are my Puerto Rican brothers. I would stay with them up in Humble Park. I would do everything with their family. Big Puerto Rican family, six kids, moms, dads, my skinny black ass, riding along for everything with them as always. So. I learned, I had a lot of music taste from from Danny, from Danny Boy. Um, Offspring got into them because of them, but also, uh, more importantly, Rob Zombie. So, may surprise you guys, but got a high propensity for the Rob Zombie. Love it. Dragula was one of the, you know, that was a hit for me. And, you know, there's a lot that I can associate in terms of good times with that music. But I just like how it was in your face. It's a little edgy. Uh, very loud, meant to be listened to loud, which was new to me at the time, being a kid that was predominantly into, you know, rap and army and stuff like that. I just like how it was just so in your face. And, um, you know, those, if you never listened to it, the movies that he made, those Halloween movies, that music is like that. It's in your face like that, right? So that's number three on our list. Rob Zombie, y'all. I know, may surprise you. But anyways, now that we've got that out of the way, Let's reload. No particular order. Let's get through these games and get the goods. So the Chiefs at the Saints. This is going to be an interesting game. Look, Drew Brees is in. Michael Thomas is out. We, we can talk about a few other things about this game, but there is... Look. Let's put the cards on the table. This is Analyst. If you listen to the show, I've mentioned him like two, three times already, but Jeff Manns, this is Analyst. For the, our world, DFS world, hopefully you're familiar with this stuff. But he's got this theory that the Michael Thomas stuff has nothing to do with this ankle that apparently is so injured that he's on IR now. But he was able to play just fine a couple of weeks in a row. And so my dude's got this theory that this has to do with the Jubilee's comments over the summer about disrespecting the flag and so on and so forth. And then he had to walk those comments back, make public apologies. But supposedly it's not sitting right with Michael Thomas is, is what <clears throat> my guy's been saying. And I'm kind of buying into it, especially, I mean, I was leaning that way anyway, but then today on Saturday, we hear that he's put on IR. Now that Drew Brees is, you know, officially in and off. I, what, IR? He just, you know, last week, two weeks before. And it makes a lot of sense that there's some animosity there probably felt like I'm not going to play when this dude is out there playing and for whatever reason they're not going to have his services the rest of the way so if you guys think that this team is going to get it done 
Dinkin and Duncan, and with the receivers that they have, obviously Emmanuel Sanders is going to have to step up here um, along with the rest of the cast, but there's something going on there. There's something going on there. Maybe he, you know, but he's on IR. Like, they put him on IR today. This isn't like, oh, he's not going to play this week. They put him on IR. So, there's more there, I think. There is more there. He's just playing. We didn't see him go down or get injured or anything like that. Now the breeze is back. He's out. That's real mysterious. So, I know I've taken a little bit of time on that, but I I think that there's something there that they're going to have to address. Anyways, with regards to this game, fire up Alvin Kamara. That's what you need to know now because... In our DFS world, how will this game go? We know who the Chiefs are, so Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. I know that the Saints have, um, you know, a pretty decent defense. They've been real good all year, but Mahomes is going to get it done against everybody. He played the worst game in the season last year, last week, and he still got 390 yards or something like that. So, dude went off. They're, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Him, Tyreek Hill, these guys are in play. Regardless, Kelsey in play. Regardless. So they're going to put their points up, and it'll be if the Saints can keep up. So they obviously have Breeze now, but you don't have Thomas. You've got to fire up Kamara. They've got to activate him uh, to have you know any sort of chance to move the ball. I don't think they'll have a problem getting the ball to him. Sanders takes an increased role here, obviously, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, but don't count out the rest of the receiving core. I just think Drew Brees has an opportunity to spread the ball out a little more. Uh, and then Jared Cook comes back into play. Now the Breeze is back in because he will have to find a way to get those targets that he usually gives to Michael Thomas to the rest of the guys. But anyways, what what even more favors things for Kamara is that um, the Chiefs outside linebacker Damian Wilson didn't practice again, and he's also going to miss the Saints game. So. It just makes it an even better spot for Kamara in terms of running the ball, pass catching, and I expect him to have a decent game doing that. Um, you know, Breeze is going to have his work cut out for him, but I don't think this is a game that they're going to be able to keep up in. If they had a chance, it was with Michael Thomas. Their defense is fine, but we've seen that Mahomes will torch every defense in the NFL right now. So at the end of the day, they're going to win this game. Mahomes is going to have a good day. Hill's going to have a good day. Kelsey's going to have a good day. The Chiefs running game isn't in that great of a spot, but I don't think they'll need to be because the Saints, I don't think, will need. They won't be able to keep up. The Chiefs can then come back and probably slam some runs out to run the clock out. Excuse me, but I don't think they'll be very um, productive is what I mean to say. So Chiefs will win that one on the road. Reload. But it's a game that the Saints got to have. Chiefs got to have. So anyways. Eagles at the Cardinals should be an interesting one. I started the week off thinking this should be a fun one, a little bit of a back and forth, but the Eagles have too many uh, injuries in the secondary. I know Jalen Hurts had a great week last week, and now, of course, the recency bias. A lot of people are way on top of this dude, like a drunk girl at a frat party. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's let's. Hertz was the first player. Let's give him this dude, right? He was the first player alongside his teammate, Miles Sanders, to surpass 100 yards rushing against the Saints defense in 55 games. 55 games. They only play 16 a season, folks. Him and Miles Sanders were the first players to surpass 100 yards against the Saints defense in 55 games. So I understand now why you guys are all over him. Like the drunk girl on the on the house on the house hat captain at the frat party, you guys are trying to get in there. You want it to be your week. Listen, 
much like Amber, you guys need to temper your expectations because there's other things to consider. Namely for this game, <laughs> the thing we got to consider is they didn't have Breeze. The offense is a little different. So I think the burden is different on the defense. And so it's not characteristic of them, uh, I think, uh, at, at, in their usual format. So if it was going to happen, I'm not surprised that this record gets broken when Breeze isn't playing. Makes sense, right? So we need to diminish that a little bit. The Cardinals in week 15, they look, they've allowed the fifth most rushing yards and ranked 27th in explosive run percentage allowed to opposing QB. So again, Hertz can find some room. I don't doubt that he might not find some room because a lot of those, I think he rushed for 19 times, but 16 of them were designed rushes like uh, Lamar. He's not as good as an athlete as Lamar, but they're using him in that same way. We know the NFL is a system, uh, sort of a league, if you will. So they're employing that system, right? Arizona uh, have had problems against this sort of a system. Um, they do now the cards do have a top five pressure rate since week 10 so that's recent right we're talking about the last four weeks here so with them able to get pressure um, I think that this this will bode well for them they've also not allowed a running back to reach 85 rushing yards against them this season but they have allowed 10 rushing touchdowns to backs and so what I think is going to happen is Miles Sanders may end up feeling the brunt of some of what they can do on defense and the, the hope is that Jalen Hurts takes the burden off of him. But it's not the best matchup, especially if Hurts gets an interception. Like, because let's face it, on the other side of the ball, um, you know, the 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 Cardinals are going to put up the points. So this is really about what the Eagles can do to keep pace. Now, they've got some things working for them, though. Jordan Phillips didn't practice again, the defensive end for the Cardinals, and he's going to miss the Eagles game. So this does help them, and it does ease the pass rush that's been so strong, right? So so you've got this opportunity to try to impose what you did last week. So I think there's going to, there's going to, be, it's going to be some heady football played here at the line of scrimmage. Tough first downs, I'm assuming. And I know because this game isn't profiling as points, but there's going to be a lot of that because that's what the Eagles are right now. Those receivers... No one is separated above any of the others. There's no separation between Ertz and Goddard. And honestly, for DFS plays, if you guys want to take dart stabs, I've been thinking about the fact that some of the guys that we know can play football but are down right now, they are so lowly priced that if you need punts in the DFS world, you've got maybe that's where we play some of these dudes. Like, and who I mean specifically, your Ertzes and your Johnny Smiths. I know Johnny's not in this game, but these are guys that are Pro Bowl caliber players that are at like minimal prices right now. And and so I just, you know, again, with tournaments, you're looking for upside. The talent is the upside. So just something to consider there. Um, but the Eagles, for their part, I don't think they're going to rely on a, a big, strong passing game because he's a rookie, right? Just the second game out. They're going to do this little thing with the run, right? They're going to try to slow it down just a bit. I think if they're smart, this matches a profile of their defense better. They have a very good pass rush, um, and they're going to need to do something to take the burden off of their cornerbacks. They're missing a lot of dudes, a lot of these guys. Maddox, Slay's banged up. Diop is going to have his way. Diop is going to have his way. Um, is there room for Drake on the ground? I'm just not too into it. I'm just not too into it. He's so, even when he's in a good spot, he's so unpredictable. So I, I, I'd be willing to pass there. Uh, but I think D-Hop is in an exceptional spot. 
uh, Kyler Murray in a pretty decent spot, but I just really had the most interest in D-Hop. This is a game that they're in AZ. The Cardinals are going to win, I believe. They're going to win this game because that matchup, Hopkins will not be stopped out there. Um, now, uh, the tight end, you know, he's going to have, uh, you know, I know Arnold's been catching a, a touchdown here or there. I don't think that's going to happen this game. Uh, we can get some goal line work from from. You know, Drake Edmonds is a little banged up. Hopefully he goes. I mean, these guys are going to get touches, but I just don't think it amounts to anything like a home run. And uh, the Cardinals will rely on their best player, D-Hop, to carry them in this one. The Eagles, um, if they play like I say they will, then they won't play terribly, but they still won't win the game. Um, now, are there any Eagles players that we're especially interested in? Probably not really, um, but it should be an exciting one to watch. Reload. Jets at the Rams. Look, the Jets, the thing about the Jets is they have been a target all year. Um, and even though they've got new coaching now, they've got these players in the secondary because of injuries that are just off the street. So these guys aren't going to get better. They are, you know, the new, the better guys aren't coming back. So they're going to continue to be a liability. It's not coaching that's going to overcome having guys that shouldn't be playing in the league, essentially. So the quarterbacks against are going to continue to excel in these spots. Um, and so this week, golf, I really like him. The receivers are in a good spot, too. You can key in on them if you want to. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, and range them on down from there. But certainly golf uh, should be in a great spot this week. Uh, the, the, the tight end, I will probably stay away from that. There's just not enough separation between Everett and um the other tight end that they employ uh whose name i'm blanking on right now but as far as the run game goes uh still cam Akers backfield um this is a little bit of a tougher matchup though the way to attack the jets is through the air we've been doing this all year we've been seeing this all year so golf is certainly in play in the game the rams need and will have on the jet side of things not a lot to like here uh i don't think we need to try to go for any of this uh uh, there's nothing. There's nothing. When they have softer opponents, you guys have seen, I'm not unwilling to recommend them, use them, talk about them. But this is a completely overmatched scenario. Obviously, the Rams' defense is in play as well in the game. They'll win at home. Reload. All right. Jaguars at the Ravens. Um, the Jaguars. Tank squad. Tank in. Uh, the Jaguars have allowed the second most rushing yards to running backs over the past four weeks. So the Ravens, we're in a good spot here. It was a gutsy performance last week by Lamar Jackson. We all know that. The brother was sick. He's been sick, COVID sick, like actually sick, really sick. And, he, and it was a gutsy performance for him to um, do what he did. Uh, just incredible. So, look, the Jaguars, they've been bad against the running backs. And the thing about it is they've been selling out to stop the run and they still can't stop it. So no matter what they've been doing, it's not working. Listen. This is what I mean by selling out. They've stacked the box with eight plus defenders more than any team since week 11, and they're still allowing 4.6 yards per attempt. They've also allowed the most rushing attempts of 10 yards or more at 13. So teams are literally running all over them. Now Dobbins had all the running back carries inside the five yard line in week 14, and he scored in three straight. So he is the clear cut one. He's gonna be the chalk this week. A lot of players are going to have him in these cash game lineups, rightfully so. His price hasn't adjusted. Um, but I also think that Gus Edwards is a nice DFS uh, tournament pivot because he's there is not a terrible spot for him either. Um, I would probably be out on Ingram still. 
Lamar Jackson, obviously, in a great, great spot. They're going to get some of these receivers back. Uh, Hollywood Brown and Boykins, among others, coming off of the COVID list back to the game. So much less of a great spot for Mark Andrews. Um, but the thing is, if those guys have had COVID, you, as we've seen all year, somebody has COVID, they don't just come back and just like hop back into it. It's going to take a little bit. So just be mindful of that. Um, so Mark Andrews still in play a little, but I, but much less. We like him much less. Now the Jaguars, uh, for them, you know they want to run the football, right? Dare Ungbowale is having is back to taking the majority of third down snaps. So James Robinson is his workload has decreased a little bit, probably just because he's a rookie. Don't want him to hit the rookie wall. Don't want to overuse him to touch, touch him too much. So that's gonna stick, though, is what I mean to say. So you can keep playing him. But that upside is not at like 20 points anymore. Now it's back down to 15 points, especially in a matchup like this. But they will use him. They have a propensity to use him. And then as far as the Jaguars go, the passing game, they're going to try to pass a bit too because that's the week. That's the way to play the Ravens right now because they've got injuries in the secondary. Jimmy Peters, uh, others banged up. So you're going to take advantage of that. Chark's been down. I know I've been playing him. I've been playing him on my losing squad and he's been doing nothing and it's been heartbreaking. But DFS, we can't ignore his talent, his skill level. He's back with Minshew now, who is where he's had a lot of success and his price is rock bottom. His price is rock bottom. We've got to take advantage of that this week. I employed it last week. It didn't work off, but I but his price is so low that we can afford to keep going back to that because he's the team's number one wide receiver and he has to do really little to pay off that price. But if he does what these two have done in the past together and they're going against backups now this week, then we really hit the home run. So we have to be invested there, but this is a game they lose. It's a game where the Ravens won't have to do much passing, I don't think. You run. That's what you want to do. That's what you're going to be able to do in this game. So I, I would expect that in the game they win. Reload. All right, let's talk about the Seahawks at the Washington football team. So, look, the Hawks have allowed the fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers over the last four weeks. They, Although the competition hasn't been great, they have been playing better. Credit to the Seahawks for playing better, but... You know, the Eagles, 180 passing yards, the Jets, or I'm sorry, the Giants, 100, and then the Jets, 116, right? So these aren't great passing attacks. Um, they've been able to slow them down. Washington, not the best passing attack. They should be able to continue to slow this team down. But McLaurin is McLaurin. F1 is going to be F1. If you have him seasonal, you can play him confidently. And DFS, I'm sure there's going to be some interest there. Um, the Seahawks aren't great. They aren't great. They haven't been playing great players. He's a good player, though. So I like him alone. Um, the Seahawks are still allowing plenty of yardage and receptions to running backs. And they've allowed the ninth most fantasy points to tight ends over the past four weeks. And so tight end Logan Thomas is in play. We would love to have seen McKissick, but um, unfortunately, Alex Smith isn't playing. It's back to Haskins. So again, this is why we like McLaurin, but we can't rely on McKissick because Haskins wasn't checking down like a beast like that, like, like Alex Smith was. Haskins isn't worried about a leg that he hasn't broken. So he will continue to have minimal success pushing the ball downfield, but this does enable some of those other guys like Sims and Wright who are coming on when Haskins was coming on. So I think that they can have some opportunity to create some offense there, but they're obviously going to lose this game. Washington ranks in the top 10 at uh, preventing fantasy points to quarterbacks, but they've also played top two, uh, top only two top 12 fantasy quarterbacks this season. Big Ben is one of them, and he has a low 
a dot, right? So this will be a bigger test for them. Now, the other thing about it, too, that I think puts the Seahawks in a better spot is, yes, they have good outside corners in Washington, but these are smaller guys. DJ Metcalf is a bigger dude, and they've got some injuries in Washington as well. So Metcalf, is he's going to match up um, probably with Kendall Fuller 101, but he's been having a negative regression since the start of the season. From weeks one through nine, Fuller allowed zero touchdowns in coverage, right? Lockdown mode, island, get off my island. But since then, he's allowed a league-leading five touchdowns in coverage from weeks 10 to 14. So, again, Metcalf, bigger, stronger. He's activated this week. And the thing about it is the Seahawks don't go to him enough when he is in a great spot. But you got to do it this week because there's going to be a pass rush. Russ hasn't played well when there's been a decent pass rush. So they're going to have to get the ball out of his hands. And so DJ Metcalf, um, I would say lock it a little less. I like him a little less. Um, Carson is going to be back for this game, but it's a bad spot for him. Um, I'm not particularly excited about him or any of those other backs. I know Hyde's in there too. Maybe they get goal line touchdowns or whatever. But if you have Carson in seasonal, you start him. That's fine. Um, he's gonna. They're gonna need to give him touches. They need to keep Washington honest, and I think I'll try to build off some play action. But I really do like Metcalf, and so Russ Wilson, obviously, in a game that they have to have. Washington's been playing well lately, and this one is in Washington, so I'm gonna say they lose. But don't take it as like donkey Washington loses again. They're gonna. The pass rush is gonna be fierce. They're gonna do with their can, but I do think they end up being overmatched. Reload. Bears at the Vikings. Let's talk about it because there's some misconception going on here. For some reason, the Bears love putting a damper on the playoff hopes of the Vikings. They like when they don't have anything to play for at the end of the season, pushing this team out of the playoffs too. They like live for that. Um, I've seen them do it a couple times over the last few years. And so this is like building to be that spot again too. For whatever reason, it's a tough game for the Vikings down the stretch. That being said, I have been not able to exactly nail everything with 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 regards to the bears and again i referenced jeff manns at the start of the a segment this is a person who i think have, have had them and so i'll recognize that he thinks that they're gonna get crushed this week but i honestly believe that they will play a little bit better football because they have to cole Komet has now seen seven targets in back-to-back weeks and he's played the most snaps of any offensive skill player for the bears in week 14 so we can't really ignore that anymore. If you need a tight end, especially for seasonal purposes, he's going to be in. Obviously, you're hoping for the touchdown. If you don't get that, you're going to be screwed, right? Six and seven versus six and seven. Winner still has an outside chance at the playoffs, though. And so this isn't like nothing's on the line. The Bears are going to play this game like, like with some pride and with some respect because no matter what the records say, they want these other teams in the division to fear them, to fear their defense, and they do walk with a chip on their shoulder when it comes to every team outside of Green Bay. I'll be very honest about that, having lived in that area for so long. So, again, they love spoiling things to the Vikings. If they could somehow sneak in, all the better, especially for this coaching staff, which by all intents looks like it's on. The, they're on the way out the door. But the Bears have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to QBs and the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers in the past four weeks. And so, you know, Cousins, these guys, you fire them up. They had a great game against the Bears last uh, time they were out too. Bears are uh, pretty uh, weak against the tight end right now. So, you know, these guys are very activated right now. 
you can play them. I'm not interested in Vikings tight ends, but you know, Thielen, Jefferson, these guys are in play. Jefferson Jefferson has 33 targets in the last three games. He has four scores the last four. And he went eight receptions for 135 yards in the last matchup. So again, I can't stress enough how much he's in play. Um, the Vikings inside linebacker Eric Kendricks didn't practice again, and he's going to miss the Bears. So this makes things a little easier for Montgomery in a game where I feel like the Bears, you know, the secondary of the Vikings has been atrocious, but they have played Trubisky fairly well, and they always feel confident that they can stymie him just enough. Um, the Bears would be smart to play a balanced game. Don't try to ask Trubisky to do too much. It's just Trubisky. We know he can't do too much. And so I would strongly uh, hope to see them run out Montgomery. Some injuries could provide a little more room than we initially had hoped for. But they've got to, to get him at least 15 touches. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, this game is in Minnesota. Because there's you know so much at stake, I think it's going to go down to the wire. But I do not think that the Bears will win this game. I, I do think that Minnesota could win this one. Reload. All right. Patriots at the Dolphins. So, you know, Cam has thrown for fewer than 175 passing yards in all three of his – in all three. But, uh, excuse me, he's thrown for fewer than 175 in all but three of his starts. So, there's just not a lot of meat on that bone. Look, he ranks third among all QBs in rush attempts, though, rush yards, and he leads the way in rushing scores at 11. So that's where the upside is. Could he possibly do that against the Dolphins this week? Sure. But there's just not a lot of meat on that bone. The Dolphins, I think I finally have to start to begin to give them their due, to be quite honest with you guys, because, look, they were down to their number four running back. Gaskin was out COVID. Brito was out COVID. Salvin Ahmed was out with the shoulder. They started three rookies across the offensive line last week. They lost Devontae Parker during the game. Jakeem Grant, uh, Mike Jacecki, all during the game. Uh, normal number two Preston Williams was on IR already. He's been out since week nine. And this team is still finding a way to win games. They didn't win against the Chiefs last week. But they, had, but they sure as hell had them pressed up against the wall for a while. No one can deny that. You had all of America hoping that the Dolphins could somehow pull this one out this is a scrappy squad they have great coaching they have great coordinators they're buying into the program they have dudes like van oy come over from new england this they know the system they've been able to implement the system this is an interesting game obviously as flores who is the architect of that patriots defense for bill uh fairly recently is you know hosting them this this week um, it's not going to be a tough one for the Patriots, but Bill does have an edge in terms of always being able to uh, take on the rookie signal callers and confuse them and you know make it a game by beating up on them. So there is that because two is going to play. So we'll have to see um, what happens. But honestly, I think that the Dolphins defense can do enough. I think that Cam and the Patriots are so pedestrian. They could literally turn the ball over deep into Dolphins territory, and we could easily see a Dolphins score off of a turnover. And I think it's stuff like that that's going to have them win this game. I'm never, I'm usually, you know, pretty much, you know, I don't come out hard for my Dolphins, but this is a game they can win, and I have to give, I have to start giving them to you. I can't keep looking the other way just out of some sort of weird, uh, you know, thinking it's uh, superstitious or whatever. I got to talk about it, right? Um, we, we mentioned they missed all these guys and they're going to have so many guys that are going to be 
out again this week. So it's going to be tough for them. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy game. DeAndre Washington, um, Lynn Bowden Jr., Adam Shaheen, these guys are going to have to step up this week. These are not names to be proud of, but these are the people. Lynn Bowden Jr., going to be very popular with a lot of people this week, but I would... I would submit that if you want to go that route, it's Micah Hollis, but you should probably stay away from both of those guys, in my opinion. But I like Hollis more than Bowden. And uh, the Patriots have faced the third most slot targets to wide receivers over the past four weeks. Um, this season, New England slot quarterback Jonathan Jones, he's been targeted on 22% of cover snaps, which is the highest in the league. So again, uh, more looking for Hollis if they're going to run him in that slot. New England ranks 30th in yards after the catch per completion to the slot wide receivers. So again, you want to go there, you can. DFS, you want a salary saver, you can. You can run on the fins a bit, too. Running backs average 21 points against this defense. Uh, so you can run on them, but not enough meat on the bone, again, for a three-back committee, for crying out loud. So, um, Oh, and actually two backs. Damian Harris has been ruled out now. So, you know, that does cons- that does consolidate things a little bit more. Sony Michelle in there. Uh, but I, don't go chasing this one. Don't go chasing this one, and don't put grandeur on expectations this has been a broken football team i'm picking the dolphins here you know reload okay guys on to our next one but i gotta sip some coffee first merry christmas guys all right let's talk texans and colts because this is gonna be a tough one the colts need this they gotta have it for the playoff purposes the texans are just beat up banged up trying to finish the season out here um the colts gonna have this one is in indy they need this to stay keep pace with uh, Tennessee. They're going to have this game. The Texans have allowed an average of 300 passing yards over the last four games. So, obviously, Rivers is in play, and that includes a 21.7 fantasy point performance from Rivers in Week 13. He can do it again. He's been activating. Uh, he's thrown two passing scores in four straight outings. So, yeah, he could do it again. He's been activating T.Y. Hilton. That's what I was going to say. Hilton went 7-5 and 82 for two touchdowns last week seven targets five receptions 86 yards two touchdowns that's three straight outings at 80 yards and a touchdown for hilton i'm not going to say i've been wrong about him but obviously we've discussed that rivers is taking the first read if it's there and for whatever reason he stopped looking at patterson first and started looking at ty first i'm not going to sit here and tell you guys from week to week i have some line that i know which one he's going to look at or that I have some educated guests. We don't know. All I can tell you is it was Patterson before and it's T.Y. now. So that's the person he's going to keep looking at. That's the person we have to play. I don't know where T.Y. has been all this time before or if this can last. But what I can tell you is for the past four weeks, he is involved. Right. So take that for what it is. Is this a DFS play that's like a cash play? Not at all. You're taking some risk that you cannot look at him again. But look, the Jonathan Taylor, the run game, they're going to be strong. He's in play. He's really in play. Um, Colts, for their for their side of things, um, DeForest Buckner, he's not. he might not play. He's iffy uh, to play. Um, so this is like a much better thing for the Texans in terms of their running game. So David Johnson's going to play. This does provide a little room for him. Uh, Kiki Kuti in a pretty good spot in the slot here. I like him. Don't like Hanson. Um, obviously, you always can never count out Watson, but they're not going to win this game. Um, the Colts are going to have too easy of a time passing 
and they're going to complement it with the rush uh, successfully, in my opinion. And they're going to need this game to keep the playoffs hope alive, so they're going to have it. Reload. All right, next one is the Lions at the Titans. Look, the big dog. I, I wrote this earlier in the week, and I heard people talking about it later in the week. Look, the big dog needs to average just 156 rushing yards per game over his next three to become the eighth player in NFL history to reach 2,000 yards. They seem intent on having this happen. So I know people, like, look, A.J. Brown is in a good spot. Uh, Derrick Henry's in a good spot. And look, when both players are in a good spot, you play both. You play both. But we have been consistently right about the fact that the Lions, since uh, the firing of Matt Patricia, have played much less man and a lot more zone. He was always playing man. They were not suited to man. That's how they're getting beat so bad. Are they still bad? Yes. Are they getting beat less? Yes. So the path of resistance is on the ground, especially because Deshaun Hand has been out. He's in practice again this week, and he's not playing again this week. So this can't even be any better of a spot for Henry. And like I said, they're trying to get him this 2,000 yards. 156 a game, he could pop 200 easy in this one. And I and I just honestly, it lines up well. They're at home. They want to grind out seasons with him. They need this. They got to go to what works. If they needed to pass, they could. But I don't think that the Lions are going to be able to put pressure on them. Stafford is trending towards playing. If he plays, I like, um, you know, Marvin Jones just fine. He'll be able to find him. Hawkinson's in play too. Um, Swift should have a decent day, but I don't think he can go off. The Lions have a better shot. There's a better shot for A.J. Brown if Stafford plays. Then I would say if you could play A.J. Brown. Now, if Stafford doesn't play, then I would not play A.J. Brown, and I would just stick to Derrick Henry. Now, Chase Daniel, not going to be pedestrian. Started for the Bears not too long ago, and um, Allen Robinson averaged 21.7 fantasy points a game with Chase Daniel under center. So he's been proven able to, you know, activate a team's wide receiver one. So, you know, can he get the ball to Marvin Jones as well? I would think so, but more importantly, Hawkinson is the one who could benefit even all the more if we don't see Stafford play. So those are some conditional plays. But either way, the Titans win that football game. Reload. Okay, 49ers at the Cowboys. And uh, the 49ers, terrible against the run. Terrible. But they're going to find Ayuk uh, some room too. He's the number one receiver. You know, Shanahan's a great coach. He schemes things up for his guys that the team that the opposing team will have to respond to. Ayuk has been incredible over the last five games. He's getting pricey in DFS, but look, he's averaging 99 receiving yards, 56 targets, and he's got a floor of 75 yards and three touchdowns along the way. In this stretch of games, this includes three of the top teams at preventing fantasy points to wide receivers. So he's just been balling out, right? This is a great spot for him again. Cooper obviously doesn't have the same ceiling without Dak Prescott on the other side of the ball, but he's caught at least four passes for 50 yards in seven of eight contests without the team's franchise quarterback. So still wide receiver 15. Um, he's going to have a tougher day, though, um, you know, in terms of will Dalton be able to get the ball to them? Uh, will Zeke be able to you know, get some running? I just, the 49ers, a little bit more formidable in defense. I think middling numbers are what we can expect for that Cowboy offense. You can even play the 49ers defense. Now, on the other side of things, 49ers, 
uh, Mostert probably going to get the lead. Jeff Wilson will get the goal line and the third down work. Um, so you can play both, but I feel obviously better about Mostert getting the first and second down work. Um, and then in terms of everybody else, it's just Ayuk uh, because Samuel is out now. And they'll just keep focusing on Ayuk. And this is the softest matchup as he's had in that stretch. And he's been really good. So they win this game. Um, but those are the players that you can play. Do you need to play Mullins? I don't think so. Because I just think it's mostly Ayuk that is mostly his workload there. Reload. Buccaneers at Falcons. I was high on Tom Brady last week. They won that game. I just thought there was going to need to be more from him. And it didn't turn out to be that as much as I thought, but you know what it was? It's not volume, it was efficiency. And I've got to take that into consideration with these older QBs, less mobile QBs. But as I thought about it, it's like, no, it was a smash spot for him. And they did everything they needed to do within a truncated volume. So just something to remember moving forward. It's like, so he's in a good spot again this week. First of two coming up against the Falcons. These should be fun. But Brady... Is going to have a good day finding his receivers again. Um, the Falcons have been pretty good against the run. So, Rojo was not going to be in a great spot anyway. He's now not going to play. Fournette's going to play. He's going to run hard. He, did, he didn't like being a healthy scratch last week. So, got something to prove out there. But that's obviously the, the worst path of resistance for this defense. So, you got to look like they're going to get it through the air. Mike Evans, he's been under 60 yards in three straight. He still scored four times in those outings. So, you can count on him to get in but all of them are in play i think brady's the easier way to get access because we don't know from week to week which of those guys is going to pop off more um all in play though uh tight end wise uh gronk is in play he can score a touchdown easily this week i like it all so brady will have his uh, all his weapons at his disposal uh running back is simplified down to Fournette, but i just don't think he's in a great spot but if you're looking to play something with you know He's got to share the backfield this week. You know, somebody was asking me earlier about between Mostert and Wilson, and it's like, you know what? I think a better play would be somewhere where you have more share of the backfield. I know these are worse players. Like, I'm thinking about, like, a David Johnson and a Fournette. These are worse players with better shares of the backfield. So depending on what you need, if you just need the floor, you know, that's something to think about. But if you need the ceiling, something else to think about, right? But anyways, um, Buccaneers can win this game. On the Falcon side of things, though, don't really care who's running the ball for them. Uh, it's just not going to work. Gurley, it's not going to work. He'll, none of these guys are in play really this week, in my opinion. Um, you can start. Well, so Julio's out. Uh, Gage in a decent spot, I think, personally. Uh, I'm very interested in him. Ridley just seems to be matchup proof, so you can go with him as well. So those two guys will be able to get theirs. That's the only thing that'll be interesting here, but they're going to lose this game. Reload. All right, the Browns at the Giants. So the Brownies feeling themselves lately. But the Giants, you know, this matchup is tough in Week 15. They've allowed the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers over the past four weeks. But the thing about it is it just looks tough on paper. They just put... James Bradbury on the reserve COVID list. And so that opens up things immensely. Jarvis Landry, extremely in play now. Okay. Um, the Browns are going to have a much uh, easier time trying to move the ball, I think. And, and we'll find that they will be able to find Landry, uh, in my opinion. Now, um, you know, the Browns have also allowed on the other side, like, let's see, the Giants have allowed the second most receiving yards to running backs this season. So that also bodes well for 
Kareem Hunt. Um, it's going to be a tough day on the ground for Chubb, but he can still get it done. Chubb is Chubb, and he's better than this defense has been decent. So he's in play, I think. Um, the Browns, though, uh, they've they've allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So on the other side of things, Ingram's in play. Denny Dimes hasn't looked great. I would only really take Ingram. Um, the pass rush has been good. I don't know if he's going to have a great time getting it out to his receivers out there. Um, this is a game that the Browns should capitalize and win. Um, without Bradbury, I'm just, I think that that does, like the Giants have been holding things together in a very delicate way, and just not having him does not make it easy. But the thing about it is, they're still in the playoff hunt. These are two teams still looking for the playoffs. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. But look, Landry, Hunt, uh, Chubb, these guys are in play. Baker, you could put in play now with no James Bradbury. I'm going to have to pick the Browns in the game that they should go on the road and win. And we're going to have, this is our final shot. So we're going to have to make it good, y'all. We're going to get it done here. One last time, let's reload for the Steelers at the Bengals. Now, this is a divisional one. It should be a fun one. But the Bengals don't have much on the bone here. Finley's going to have to start because Allen is banged up. So Steelers, that pass rush, they're looking good. Um, the Steelers run game is in a good spot, but they haven't proven able to do much. I wouldn't rely on that, um, at all. On the other side of things though, going to be easier for them to pass in this game. So, you know, Deontay Johnson, I know he's had a thing with the, with the drops. I think he can get back on track here. Um, Claypool, they said they're trying to monitor him, you know, monitor, you know, keep his touches down, not overwork the receiver, overwork the rookie rather. Um, Juju should have some success out there. These guys should be able to have a fine day. Ben will have volume in a game that they know that they need to win, that they will win. The Bengals, I don't see much of anything here. Um, There's too, there's too little to expect from Finley. So I can't really say Boyd. I want to say Boyd. But I can't, I can't. We can say the Steelers defense, though. Uh, but the thing about them is they're going to try to look to form. If I was the Steelers, I would try to run the ball a little bit more. Because um, you need to see that you can do this getting into the playoffs. And so we're going to take a look at the DFS. If Connor's cheap enough, we can look there. But, you know, this has not been a strong suit of them all year. And the volume has been in Ben's favor. And so uh, in favor of getting the victory this week, bouncing back, I, th- I think they do go with Ben. But we'll take a look at that DFS price, see what kind of looks at. So that's this week. That's the reload segment. Hopefully you guys feel better, have a better understanding about each of those games now that we've walked you through it. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks, we'll give you GPP picks, and we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. Let's pick some winners here this week. And before we do... Top five music bands or artists that I love that may surprise you. Before we get to number two, number five on our list was Rick James. Number four was Revolution, Slightly Stupid. Number three was Rob Zombie. And number two on our list, The Ramones. The greatest punk rock band of all time. Some boys from Queens who got together. 
I think they're from Queens. Some boys from Queens who got together and made some legendary music. I went to boarding school. People always say, what was that like? You know, picture Harry Potter without the magic. A lot of shirts and ties. Prim and proper. It's hard to say. Uh, you're late. You you know you can't really be late to class when you live there. You live there. Um, you could if you're my roommate. He would habitually be late and then like unplug the phones. <laughs> His advisor once asked him, "I tried to call you because you were late to school today, and I couldn't get a busy signal. Why is that?" He's like, "Yeah, the, the phone kept bothering me when I was trying to sleep, so I unplugged it." So. Yeah, but anyways, a lot of part of living there, a lot of part, a lot of part of, um, a huge part of living in there, guys, was living in the dorms with kids from all different backgrounds, cultures, communities, wealthy kids, kids with, you know, a little less than like myself, kids from the inner city, kids from the suburbs, kids from the country, kids from other countries, uh, foreign kids. Yeah, a lot of everything. And so much of what I picked up happened to be musically and the Ramones was was something that I sort of got a little bit from my roommate there at the time uh really he had introduced me to just punk rock as a concept you know I started hanging out with these skater kids and there's a lot to be said about bonding over not fitting in so anyways there is uh this movement in music that came from it and is very true, is very real, is very gritty. The Ramones are dope. I still got a Ramones shirt I rock around every day all the time. It's like the one thing that I wear that girls like. So the Ramones, that's number two on my list. You may not think it of me, but love the Ramones. So, all right, let's get to some picks. So we get y'all out the door here. Got the winners this week. Like I said, last week needed that defense, but this week we're going to nail it. So, QBs. We're going to go with three cash game QBs, three GPP QBs, um, $8,900 at the top, Pat Mahomes cash. It's just so, I feel like everybody's expensive this week, and there's not a lot separating him from the other good QBs. The other QBs, like there's just so many guys that are too expensive. Like a lot of guys like Phil Rivers at 7100 that's just way too much. So, And of course, these are fan duel prices, guys. So, we got to take Mahomes at the top because we know they'll need him to do it. We know he will do it. Uh, whether they're down, whether they're up, it, don't, it doesn't matter. So cash game option. Now, uh, GPP top option, Russ Wilson, 8,400. Uh, mostly just connecting to Metcalf, though. I think it's going to be the best opportunity. I know it's a tough matchup, but if they win this game, it's because of him. And they need this game. So... I don't mind taking a gamble there. Another cash game option. He'll be very popular. That's why I like Mahomes because Lamar Jackson at $8,200, he's going to get a lot of, he's going to soak up a lot of attention. Um, and then Deshaun Watson at $8,100 for GPP purposes. He's just a gunslinger, man. He makes it happen no matter what. So we don't mind taking a tournament stab there. And then Jerry Goff is $7,800. Pretty safe for cash against the Jets. But that upside is not as much as I think Lamar or Pat. And I want to di get different from everybody going to Lamar and go to Pat. Because I don't think they'll want to pay for it. Because these guys are pretty expensive, like I said. So that means we really need to work on paying down in other scenarios when we can this week. I've tried to fit some guys down at the bottom to help you guys do that. Um, some of my cheapest options this week are cash game options. That's what I offer to you guys to make it work. So running backs. Four cash game options, five GPP options, but just seven running backs overall. Let's keep it concise. 
Derrick Henry 10-2 cash game option or GPP option. I like him as a tournament too, just because that price is so expensive. And so um, people who may not want to pay for him, maybe we can get different. Maybe that price chases away the ownership, but it's a smash spot. Like we said, he's chasing 2000. Let's not shy away from it right now. Alvin Kamara, $7,800 cash or GPP. I think he's in play. The, the upside is what makes him tournament viable as well because there is no Michael Thomas. There's not going to be any Michael Thomas. They're going to need all the offense they can get going up against the Chiefs. And I just really feel like even more than Breeze, it runs through him tomorrow. And so heavily invested for sure. Jonathan Taylor, money man, $7,400. He's in, he's in play for sure. I know I didn't touch about him a lot on the reload segment, but he's been playing well. He is the lead back. He got two touchdowns last week. He did good for us, um, and he's going to do it again. $7,400, I know it's pretty steep, but we can play that at cash. Miles Sanders, $6,800, a good GPP option. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Hurts, but we understand what we can get with Miles Sanders. If they're going to have the two of them out there, and if we're going to have this team, the Arizona Cardinals, who's just middling against the run, who's got guys that are missing anyway, more worried about Hurts, then we'll take that and we'll pivot. Let all you people do the dumbest thing I've ever heard of and play an unknown. We'll talk about them doing that, and we'll stick with Sanders. Um, Swift at $6,700 is GPP because of the upside. He's just got a lot of upside. He's a phenomenal player. He looks good on camera just like Cam Akers does. So you've got that there. We're not going to play Cam Akers this week, though. It's just too tough of a matchup, too easy in the air for golf and company. And they'll be able to do it. They'll get it done, and the defense will cement the game. I think the defense caps a lot of the points that we would want from the offense. They just won't need to do it. Dobbins, $5,900 cash game play. You can lock that in um, at that price. We need to take advantage of that, especially so we can make some of these other things work. Gus Edwards, $5,500 is a nice pivot. As I've been saying all show, away from Dobbins because there'll be a lot of ownership there for sure. So he's a tournament player, GPP. Now on to the wide receivers. We've got eight cash game options, seven GPP, trying to go even more concise than last week, right? Get it really down to some fine options here. Tyreek Hill, $9,300 for tournaments. He's so expensive, we'll put him in there. Can't pair him with Mahomes in a cash game. That's a lot to ask right there. So we'll make the natural pivot to tournaments. But you've got to fit him into a tournament, especially if Mahomes is in the QB. You, you want exposure to that, to what they've got going on. Um, and then, you know, uh, D-Hop, $8,600, top cash game option for the week. No doubt about it. This injuries in the Eagles secondary. We're going to take advantage of that. Uh, Justin Jefferson, $7,600 cash game play. Or, I'm sorry, GPP play. Straight up beat these Bears last time. He's been coming on the roll. A lot of targets in the last three, four weeks. So we'll ride it uh, if people won't. $7,600. We'll take it. Now, Robert Woods, $7,400 for cash. You can lock that in. And I realize these are expensive plays. But listen, we'll get down to the lower stuff too. A-Rob, $7,300. Lock it in. Um, obviously, Trubisky still can enable him. Uh, this game, the Vikings are terrible. But I think that even in garbage time, he'll still be able to do it. So it's a cash game play. I do like him a little more than Woods. Um, but Woods has more upside. They're both cash game options. But I think Woods has more upside. Um, so he could end up with a higher day, but I think they both could return good value. The F1 McLaurin, T, T McLaurin, baby, $6,900. You can play him as well in that spot. And then IU, $6,900 for cash too. So you can really start these cash game options down here at this lower level if you want, need to. T.Y. Hilton, $6,800. We'll say tournament just because... We don't know if they're just going to keep doing this week in and week out, but we want to get exposure this week. We can't keep denying it, so we'll do it as a tournament play. 
And then another tournament play as Stafford Trendstore is playing. It's Marvin Jones Jr. at $6,100. We can try to get involved there. It's a good matchup. Kiki Kuti, $5,900 cash. Play that in the slot uh, in a matchup where they're just going to need to keep up, I think. So I like him as the number one option there. Uh, DJ Chark, 58. His price is even lower than last week. $5,800 this week. Great tournament option. Got remember who it is. Remember that he's getting Minshew back. Remember all the injuries in the Baltimore secondary. It is a good play this week. It's a very good play. It'll be low ownership. And I will be personally using it. I will feel very great at a DJ Chark $5,800. Again, again, a game that they should be like they're going to need to play catch up. They're going to be in a blowout scenario. I just don't see why it's a bad play this week. So like that. Russell Gage, $5,700 as a cash game option. You can lock that in against Tampa Bay in a game that the Falcons should be losing um, in the slot. They haven't been able to do much. He's going to be in the slot, so we like that. Mike Hollis talked about him from Miami, $5,100 as a GPP play. You can take a stab right there. I gave you reasons why it should be him over Lynn Bowden against these Patriots. And then Cam Sims. Uh, $4,900 is a tournament play with Washington. If Haskins can connect with some of these dudes like he'd been doing before, as we discussed, Wright, Sims, McLaurin, then they can be productive in the game that team will ultimately lose. And then Kendrick Bourne, I just can't deny he's running as the number two this week. $4,800. He saw seven targets last week. $4,800. We could put him in as a cash game option to, to bottom it out and make things work because we've got some expensive stuff at the top and we can feel good about it. We can sleep on that. Tight end. Kelsey, $8,500 for cash or GPP. Look, I feel like I like that's the play if you want points at tight end. If you need to work it down, I understand. If you just want to fill the rest of your lineup up and then like whoever's left over that you can afford, put them in, I understand. Um, so I'm just going to say on the record, it's Kelsey, like I just said. But I want to notate that Ertz and Jonu Smith are both $5,300. And we talked about this high-profile player with a, low pro- with a low price earlier. I wouldn't play Smith, but I'm just pointing out that Ertz is $5,300 this week. I'll also note it's okay if you want to go with Andrews, Hawkinson, Cook, Tanya. Don't have a problem with any of these guys. Um, but I'm going to be trying to figure out a way to fill Kelsey in, especially because I don't think most people will. So we'll have to make that work. Rams at the top, 5000 for cash game options. And then everywhere else, I mean, and I'm not going to play the Rams. Everywhere I'm probably playing the Niners against the Cowboys, $4,200. I'm going to play the Niners. I'm just going to play the Niners everywhere. And I just don't like the price of some of these other defenses. They don't seem like they're in great spots. So... I'll live and die with that right there. I know I went down with the Panthers last week, played them a lot, and it looked good early. They they almost had a fumble return for a touchdown, but um, as alas, it was stopped at like the five or whatever. So those are the picks from this week for tonight, right? Still got to do, like I say, get that last-minute information in the morning. Full disclosure, guys, I don't make my picks tonight. I narrow it down to that group, and then when I wake up tomorrow, I'll listen to the inactives and the actives, who's going to play, and then from there, I make the final decisions as to who I'll lock in. So again, full disclosure, I've got my contest picked out, paid for, locked in, I've reserved those lineups, they're empty, and then tomorrow, it'll be the first thing I do as I listen to those final inactives is just take these, and I've narrowed it down, right? Those are narrow options. There's not a lot of thinking. It'll be less than 30 minutes. So those are our picks for this week. Good luck, guys.
it's been a great show, guys. The only thing's left to do is for us to lock in those lineups and kill it. I've already given you all the different ways to get in contact with me here at the process if we need to do that. So I will bid you adieu and give you the number one on our list of my list of top five music bands or artists that I love that may surprise you. It's classical. It's Vivaldi. I know, it's very shocking, but I love it. And I don't think all classical music is good. Sometimes I listen to some, like Beethoven, and I feel like, it's like, what is this noise or racket? But Vivaldi, that's good music, baby. I have vinyls of that. I love it. Four Seasons is a great listen if you haven't. Your Spotify has all this. Check it out. It's soothing. I actually, believe it or not, read for 30 minutes a day at least, and I listen to Vivaldi in my headphones while I read. It's actually very entertaining. I used to also uh, listen to um, car engines like Ferraris and uh, all these other high-end cars and try to get, I was trying to get acquainted with, because they sound so beautiful to me, I wanted to uh, offhand be more familiar with uh, which car I sounded like what, shifting into what gear. I spent a lot of time trying to get into that. But a great accompaniment to those engine sounds rep the, the you know would be vivaldi so got into it very honestly earlier and stuck with it that is the number one thing on our top five list so again number five was rick james number four was revolution slightly stupid number three was rob zombie number two was the ramones and number one was vivaldi guys i really thank you for being with me this week and good luck to everybody we will be right back here next week to talk about what went down and to get you ready for week 16. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.